0: You're about to enter the world of Michael Zavala. Now's your chance to turn back. Get in the Batcave, cave, Michael. Hello. Okay. Hello. Don't do Red Bull. Do uh cola or something. I can't hear you. Wow, he's double. I'm just amazed at what you think about. This is MZ Now.
1: We uh, forgot Eric's Greyhound story yesterday or last week. <laughs> I was actually, again.
2: I was actually thinking about that today.
1: He reminded me after the show, cool. and uh, so I said, "Well, let's let's uh, talk about it this week."
2: I, wa- I want to know: Is it the building that saved his life, or is it Greyhound? He bus? said
1: Greyhound in general, the company,
2: the company. Yeah, yeah. Right. The bus
1: company saved his life. That's what he said. I
0: beg to differ on that comment. I mean, maybe for him, but I've had a whole other experience with Greyhound,
3: Michael. Yeah, look, You know who you kind of look like in that room when the camera come up?
1: Oh, hopefully it's good.
0: <laughs> Howard Stern.
1: Oh, thank you. I'll take that. I'll take that.
0: With the hair and the whole look I should wear everything. the sunglasses the whole time? Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Ricky Booker is in studio with us and if you've listened to the show long enough, uh, you've heard the name. I don't know that you've re- ever really been on the mic.
3: No, this is the first time.
1: You've always been behind the mic because you've had a guest uh, artist that you represented that you would bring in and but we would talk a lot off air, right? And uh, I've been watching you on social media, and I was like, you know what? I got to have this guy on and talk to him about what he's doing because when I met you, you were doing music and record company and all that stuff. But I don't know anything before that. I don't really know what happened after that. What got you to the journey now? So that's what we have you in here for right. today, okay? Uh, because I want to know all about that. And uh, there's, I was telling, um, I was telling before the show that. He told me something like six or seven years ago, whenever fat pimp was in, how long ago was that? Probably been about six years.
0: Yeah. I was going to say it's got to be 2017, 16, 17. Yeah. Somewhere mm-hmm. in there. And that's
1: the last time we saw him. And, and he walked through the door, by the way, a th- very thin man, you had lost some weight. You had yeah. been taking, you know, you had d- done this whole diet thing. Mm-hmm. What were you doing? How'd you lose the weight by the well, way?
3: Well, actually I'm keep it real doc. That's back when Dr. Kim was, was doing the gastric sleeve. Um, you know, uh, uh, Nate Newton and Mike and Mike from ESPN. Yeah, you know, I I did my research with those guys, and I was a little nervous at first. But when I went and got it done, I had it done, and man, I was I felt like I was 16 years old. I, yeah, I lost 100 pounds.
1: How long did um, it take you to lose it?
3: Uh, I think two weeks. You know, two weeks to three weeks prior to surgery, you have they put you on this liquid diet, and man, it is you know that within itself was a uh, uh, a mental thing that you had to get really, really, uh, a uh, might have a mindset for that. And then after the surgery, so I would say it took me two months. Wow. Yeah, Cause wow. it drop off of you. Once you start having the lifestyle of what to eat and how to eat and, and all of those things. And you've
1: kept it off.
3: Well, uh, during pandemic, I picked it back up.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I think we all did during yeah, that time. Man, I picked up like <laughs> 60
3: pounds and, uh, I, I kept, um, majority of it off up until recently, I had a hip replacement four months ago.
1: My oh, lef- did you really? Yes. Yeah, so I, I would never lose- have noticed.
3: I had to lose. I lost 45 pounds prior to that. And I'm I'm still on the journey to, to, to lose about 30 more and stick with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you uh, walked in and you said, the one of the first things you said to me was, Michael, you guys got to get your social media uh, under control, because it's awful. And I remember thinking, <laughs> we just posted a video last week. What do you mean? Like, you know, we, we post a video a month in my head. I thought that was good because I don't know anything about social media right. still to this day. That has stuck with me for years. And so I, was, I thought, well, maybe Ricky's right. So we started posting all this stuff. I didn't know what we were doing. We we're just putting up whatever we can make on Canva or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And then finally, it took me a, a couple of years, but we finally, maybe about a year and a half ago, started really focusing on social media and, you know, short clips and all the things. You know, we, we kind of came around the time of, reels and vertical videos right so uh it kind of was the perfect storm for us and uh it really took off and i have you to thank for it because if you didn't have that if you didn't say that i would never have done anything with social media
3: (laughs) right someone told me once that once before prior to that as well too so that's where i learned it from
1: you even to this day your social media is so good we'll talk about uh you know you're a restaurantpreneur an entrepreneur how many businesses have you been a part of in your lifetime you think
3: Uh, me personally, I'm starting my own business. When, when I first met you, I actually was managing B hemp, the song Ricky Bobby. And I had, I was in the custom car world. Then I had a custom car shop called RB customs at that time. Prior to that, I had a shop called, uh, Icon auto designs. And I was in, um, partners with George Lynch, ex NBA basketball player. And me and him was partners with Icon auto design. And that's when I, um, B. Hemp brought me the song due to Ricky Bobby, and I was at my shop and I listened to it. That's back when you put the CD in your computer, listen to it, <laughs> listen to the monitors on your desk, <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 that's where it started. You
1: know? So that was a whole beginning journey for you too, because mm-hmm. we had just started doing MZ Live at the time. We had done a previous show beforehand, but uh, we were just getting started, and I it was a great time in Dallas rap because what was it two thousand eight, two thousand nine. We had the dance rap craze here. We had Do the Ricky Bobby. We had the Stanky Leg. Yeah. We had uh, Nature Walk.
3: But you got you to gotta go back for that. It's so 2007, the person who, what they called it then, the boogie movement, the person mm-hmm. who started it was Fat Pimp.
1: Did he really? He, he started I didn't it realize the, that a song called Rack Daddy. I knew Rack Daddy. And I didn't realize he, that came before.
3: Yeah, that came before all the Stanky Leg, uh, 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 Mr. Hit That, and all of those flex uh all of those songs, and then he and he was actually producing his own music at the time as well. So he he started that whole movement, and they call it the boogie movement.
1: And that really took off for a few years. Yes. It was it was super hot. Yes,
3: all on MTV, and they came down to the city. MTV came in town, and I forget who the host was back in the day on MTV, and they came down and did a big piece on Dallas and everything.
1: But just being a car guy. That some guy walks up to you and says, here, take a listen to the song. And for you to recognize that this song is a hit, you have to have that natural ability to do that. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that wasn't the first guy to walk up to no, you and have, give you a CD. Well, so
3: actually be was actually my daughter's boyfriend in high school. So mm. he used to bring me music all the time. And I just kind of ignore it because he have 100 people on it. And I'm like, right. which one are you? Well, I, I come on... I'm the last one. So you are the last one on the three back then it was four minute songs. They didn't it wasn't no mm-hmm. three minute songs, four or five minute songs. I had to sit here and listen to this bad music all the way till I get to your verse. <laughs> and I just quit I just got to blowing blowing him off and when he brought me that he said, It's just me. And I said, Okay, let me take a listen to it. And it came on, I played it that day and it kept stayed in my head and after he left it just that 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 niche did. It just, just yeah <laughs> planted in my brain and that's when it started
1: i just it was my favorite song and <laughs> i was telling everyone about the ricky bobby i didn't know ricky booker at the time mm-hmm. but uh we had some rapper on i don't remember who it was uh and and linda luna was representing that, yeah, that person right linda and uh i was in the production room. i remember this very clearly i was on the production talking to josh and uh chrissy and linda walk up to me and said michael uh Next week, they Linda has a guy that uh, she knows that represents uh, a guy named B-Hamp. Have you heard the song Do the Ricky Bobby? Have I heard the song Do the Ricky Bobby? I love that song because I was on the internet trying to figure out who represented B-Hamp. I couldn't find anything at the time because it was you know, fresh. It just started. Right. And uh, so Linda put me in contact with you. You showed up like the next week with B-Hamp. And B-Hamp was one of the best guests we had at that time because we would have him on a lot. And uh, one of my favorite bits to do, because Ricky would send out like a press kit to you, right? He would send you the radio edit, the regular song, yep. the instrumental for DJs. And when I see that instrumental, I started getting all these ideas. So I would take the instrumental, I would make a parody of b song before he even came on. And then I would either say, you know, your song that we just played reminds me of my song that I made in high school and play like a, a parody. Or I would play my song first and then say, either way, it was funny. And I knew I could get away with it with him because he was, you know, he wouldn't take offense to it that much anyway. Right. <laughs> in fact, that's why we haven't had him on in years because I can't think of anything funnier. So, like, I feel like if he comes in, I have to, like, raise the stakes, you know. I have to mm-hmm. do something funny. And so, uh, but those years were so great. And I'll tell you something, uh, you know, I somebody last week says, I don't forget anything. And it's true. I don't forget uh, the good things people do for us and the bad things people do. And I always remember and am very thankful for when we were doing the charity events that I could reach out to you and you would say, What do you need? When you need us there. And you were always there, especially the charity stuff. Right. Uh, because we didn't, we had some people kind of not fulfill what they said they were going to do and kind of hurt us during those times. But you and Behamp and, and your team never let us down. And I'll never forget that. And so I'm very grateful for that. So thank you for, for all that time. Welcome. Now, when you were doing the car stuff, Going back to that for a second, custom cars, were you guys, like, lifting and and lowering, or were you doing, like, actual custom cars? Could I walk in and say I wanted a Batmobile, and would you build it?
3: Yes, we we were doing uh, lifted trucks. We were doing uh, custom paint job, custom interior, custom sounds. I had some of the best installers from custom uh, uh, fabricating sound, interior, engine work. Um, And when me and George Lynch connected as partners, we started doing— professional athletes, NFL players and NBA players' cars from 96 SS Impalas, getting them shipped and rebuilding them and taking us months. I did Patrick Creighton's cars. Marion Barber, you know, rest in peace. Marion Mm -hmm. Barber, a good friend of mine, was totally um, threw me for a loop when all of that happened. But um, Brady James, you know, these are all the Dallas Cowboy players. Uh, uh, Marcus Spears, which me and Marcus still talk to this day. He's actually on uh, ESPN. He's a sports announcer at at this time, um, <clears throat> I know the list goes on. On WNBA first started, we were doing. Um, I remember I did Candice. Uh, she played for the Chicago team. We did her Range Rover. She we was shipping cars, just putting wheels on them. Um, you know, I originally got started in the business with JR's Custom Auto. Um, you know, JR's been in Irving, man. He started I think in 1986, and he's still there right there in 183. Good friends with Tim and Mike Parr from. Frank Parr Chevrolet. That's where, when I first moved to town, I worked at Frank Parr Chevrolet and that was 1994.
1: Wow. Yeah. Mm. Where, where so you're not from here originally? No, I'm
3: originally from Oklahoma city, born in okay. raised. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. And what brought you down here?
3: Um, just at that time, I don't know when I was young, my dad used to always tell me I was before my time. I was, <clears throat> Oklahoma was not moving fast enough for me and I didn't know what that meant at the time. Um, and I was married and my wife, um, her family was. She's originally from Waco, and all her family lived here. And uh, we used to come here a lot because you remember the group High Five, Tony Thompson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her first first cousin. Her moms were sisters. So I said, well, let's just move to Texas. And at that time, right there in one eight, on one eighty three in Irving, um, they had just built the Best Buy. And my wife was a, a customer service manager for the Best Buy in Oklahoma City, so she transferred to the one in Irving, and we relocated here. Because I wanted to be something different, data seemed a little faster and and it was for me you know you know I had a little you know what you say a little tunnel vision, I couldn't get out what I was trying to get out when it came to my visions in Oklahoma City, and when I got here, everything was a lot clearer, it was a lot faster. I remember when that first Friday afternoon I got on the highway and it was pouring down rain and man, it felt like people was doing a hundred miles an hour. You got to understand. I just came from Oklahoma city speed limit on the highway. was 50 people doing 80 miles an hour in the rain here. I was scared. I scared to death. Yeah. So, um, once I adapted to that crazy driving, I, I became a, a Dallas native from that point. So that's what, that's what brought me here. I just, I think um Oklahoma at the time wasn't moving fast enough for me and that was in the 90s now it's totally different now Oklahoma City is a beautiful place to live now
1: what were you doing in Oklahoma though what was before you moved here what were you doing for
3: actually um worked for two two major companies one was called Mr. Steve's and that was kind of like Remco and Aaron's okay rental and then I transitioned into a company called Scott Rice and it was an office company office interiors that build petitions for offices I was operations manager for that company you know and you know, God has put positioned me everything that I've ever done. I've came highly um recruited to be in management, um a department head or wherever it is that I that I put myself in place. God had gave me the ability to 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 be a visionary of every department and every company. And that's when two thousand fourteen I decided, you know what? I don't wanna work for nobody no more. I can do this my for my own self. You work harder for yourself than you do for somebody else,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and that's in 2014. I pulled the plug and and that's when I went full time. Went full time uh, as an entrepreneur. I felt like I was an entrepreneur working for somebody else anyway.
1: Yeah, I've done that. I've worked for somebody else and then try to get something started on the side. And yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm more interested on the stuff that I want to do on the side. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta break off from this because it's not yeah. fair. Because I'm supposed to be working for these guys, but I'm still thinking and right. you know trying to work for me. So right. let's just do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it re- it pays off when you do that. Right. It's, I've never uh, regretted it. So uh, we're going to take a break and we'll come right back because I have, uh, you know, the transition from when I met you to what you're doing now is totally different. Totally. And then especially knowing that you were like an auto guy beforehand. Mm-hmm. So you went from auto to music to restaurants. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that when we uh, come back. Okay. Hello,
3: this is Michelle
2: Nichols and you are listening to Michael Zavala.
0: Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash MZ Now.
2: This week on Nothing But Droids. Here we are at Droid School. Oh, are you nervous, SPF 150? Well, why do you think they make fun of you? Oh, well, here's your new teacher, SPF 150, Ms. WD 40. You see, there's nothing to worry about. And she's kind of good looking. Find out if she's single for dear old dad. Well, how was your first day at school, SPF 150? We're going to have to go back tomorrow. Droid school is important for your development. <laughs> You know, when I was your age, I was made fun of in school, too. But one day, I stood up to my bully, and he learned to respect me because of that. And you know what? Me and my bully, we became best friends. You know Uncle F-14? Well, he was my childhood bully. And now he's my best friend. I couldn't imagine life without him. So you see, this could be an opportunity for you to have a new best friend. Doesn't that make you feel better? Oh, you're welcome, SPF-150. Now come give me a hug. Did you find out if your teacher was single or not? Nothing but droids.
0: Streaming now on MZ Now Plus. Michael Zavala. How do you say this again? Test.
3: When my name come up, respect it, Respect you. Test. N-
0: Niv- Michael Zavala. Test. i playing with my f- name. Zavala. Oh,
2: you listening to M- MZ. M Z Michael Zavala. Test. I ain't
3: gonna say it no more. No more.
0: MZ Now. Hey, this is Bob Jagged. You know you're listening
2: to Michael Zavala.
0: Keep listening online at mznow.tv.
1: So last week, uh I, Ricky, you have a lot of employees and stuff, I'm sure and uh Maybe you can relate to the stress that I have to go through. So Eric's not here because uh, he forgot that we had a show today and also forgot that it was his sister's birthday. Now, we have this year, it's, our production schedule is kind of weird. We're mm-hmm. all over the place. It's, so sometimes we're going to be off, but we're going to bulk record some stuff. And, you know, then we're out shooting some stuff on the, in the field. And so it's weird. So in order to help keep everyone uh, in sync, I created a calendar and sent it out the beginning of January. Clark, when did you install that calendar? Last week. Right. So, uh, Joey, when did you install the calendar? What calendar? Yeah, see? <laughs> this, is the, this is the kind of stuff I have to deal with. So the point of it, too, was I don't like getting a text the days we're going to do shows asking me if we're having a show. Like, you should already know. Right. And then I'm putting uh, on the calendar who's going to be here so they know if we have a guest and all that kind of thing. So uh, I thought that would solve so many problems. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric texted me yesterday. Hey, we having a show tomorrow? Well, yeah. Did you check the calendar? Oh, I forgot about the calendar. What do you mean you forgot about the calendar? We literally had a whole thing after the show last week. Hey, make sure you install the calendar. I want to make sure that I can see that you have installed it and, you know, all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, so that's why he's not here. And so I said, listen, go to your sister's birthday, but make sure she checks our calendar next time she has a birthday <laughs> so it doesn't interfere with our recording schedule. So at some point, we'll get to... uh his Greyhound story. Apparently he's been teasing us for three weeks and we keep forgetting every single time. And it's not a bit. Mm-hmm. I wish I could say it's a bit because it's funnier than, than <laughs> what we could have written, but uh, it really isn't a bit. We just forget about it. All right, back to Ricky. So Oklahoma, you grew up, you're in the audio, auto industry, and then you got into music. And then uh, you started your own record label and your own management company. Mm-hmm. You handled B-Hamp, you handled Fat Pimp. Pretty much anybody in that 2000. Eight to 2009 era you knew or handled or had I some handled, connection with
3: and a lot of them i didn't manage but i had conversations with him and and gave them some consulting tips a lot of them you know from deroe um truly prince rick we we all still cool to this day i still know him we still talk when we see each other around dallas fort worth area um little b um you know he was with uh um you know, they had a group at the time, and Lil B is actually around town. He's a promoter, and he's a designer, and got some new music out, too. So um, it's a lot of people and a lot of artists. Tom Tom, I see him. And, of course, good friend of mine, Robert um, Gonzalez, owns Music Access, and all the artists on there, good friends with them, too, as well, which my offices and headquarters is in his building, where k and 89.3 radio station.
1: Oh, yeah, you're down yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <clears> okay. <throat> First off, 2008 rap is totally different than 2024 rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen a lot of stuff being in the music business, managing these artists, having to deal with these record labels, and you know these deals that you had to deal with. What, what's the biggest change that you've seen in the past, however many years that is? Um,
3: artists record labels used to have they used to have A and R's. I think they may still do. I don't know if they have as many. As, so they used to develop artists. For artists look good, sound good. They would take them in. And they would that. That's what they would do. That was the investment. They and R will believe in them, and they will invest in them. They develop them, create the song, create the image, create the artist, and radio will start them. And when TV, when you finally get the TV on MTV jams, um, on TRL, uh, Rap City or whatever, that artist go from you go from hearing his music on the radio to him being bigger than life because we didn't have YouTube to where. The look would be like, "What have you done for me lately?" And people don't look at you as a star on YouTube like they did on TV then.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: things is different. You can be in your room and it go viral, and next thing you know, you 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 have a hit record and you a hit and you a brand. And record companies is, is attaching to what you call the numbers, the analytics of an artist instead of the talent of artists. I'm gonna tell you, uh, you know, I always jump into something bigger. It's a it's a song that went viral. And out of all the viral songs that I've listened to and because I'm still my ear is still to the street when it come to music, because I, I I'm, do believe social media. I'm giving you another plug, Mike. Social media write it down. is about the song that you attach to your real If you want your real to go viral oh, yeah. to the popular, yeah. popular area of song. And it was one and to this day, still my favorite song. Uh, a couple months ago, maybe three months ago, I found the song on TikTok. I said, oh, my God, I love this song attached it to one of my food videos and about two or three weeks later it blew blew up um um, tyler the song water oh yeah yeah i
1: love that song yeah that's how music's getting discovered now so there was a whole Mm -hmm. thing with tiktok and universal music and they couldn't uh come to terms of what they wanted and so universal pulled away from tiktok Mm -hmm. well it's kind of the jokes on them because how are you going to get your music discovered these days now like you said you could be sitting in your room and you can make a song and put it on the internet, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're a star the next day. Mm -hmm. Is it easier now to be a rapper or or get into music, do you think? Or is it because it's so saturated that anybody can do it? Is it harder in a way?
3: It's harder in a way. And the reason what I mean by that is because you don't have any more fans because everybody's Mm -hmm. singing or rapping. So the only way that you really, what what we call pop, is something hits virally. Whether it's your older song that hits virally or a new song. It's kind of like Charlie Boy. With this song I Look Good, the, the the new artist took his sample and she she won a Grammy off of it and mm-hmm. so he got a Grammy for it too.
0: Uh one of the dudes that I saw really blow up on TikTok was Big X the Plug. Oh yeah. And like he was huge around here for a while, but like TikTok really skyrocketed him. Yeah, he, he
3: Big X the Plug is 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 the staple of one when, when I say when it comes to music, the image, how he transitioned into a star you know you know sometimes people always look at big ugly fine looking whatever he's a big guy that knew how to make his brand look to what his sound was and what his music is and it works and people love him
1: uh there's also a hispanic guy i don't know what his name is got a bunch of tattoos looks like a guy that would probably work for you in the tire place or o- the wheel o- company ot o- make uh, yeah ot makes yeah. yeah that's yeah. him it looks like he'd be one of your employees and uh uh, but he's so good and he's he's not really worried about his brand he's just being authentic and Mm -hmm. i think that's what's uh if you're going to do music and go on social media it's about the authenticity right it's not trying to be who that next person was or whatever it's being who you are and uh finding your fans through that i guess and,
3: and you just said something a key message about music this is another piece of music and back in the day a person can get away with Or A and R could get away with developing another Jeezy, another Mary J. Blige, another so and so and so and so. -so. But the way the world is now, when it comes to social media with music, you can't do that because the fans are attached to. It's kind of like early we was talking. Now I'm talking about food attached to, um, Hutchins Barbecue since Mm -hmm. he was three years old. You can't can't repeat Hutch's barbecue you can't repeat a Jeezy or a fat pimp no more because the fans are attached to who they are and then when you paint yourself as an artist and you had this hit record that goes virally you have to continue to stay consistent or those fans go find somebody else to follow
1: yeah because there's a new one popping up every day
3: and the fans is everybody a fan is a is a a basketball player a football player a rapper uh, everybody is a fan now whether you are doing music or whether you're not and then if you're not letting people know that you're following and you just, you Drake, what Drake, Drake does as a fan, he actually falls in love with somebody that's new and he go do music with him. And yeah. He so he blows him up kind of like he did with sexy red. He does that because he's a fan of what she's doing, not because he thinks he's wanting a part of her platform that he's already at a platform. You know, when I say there ain't no more fans for music there, there's not because we have people that's watching social media and they fall in love. Kind of like Beyonce just, Got the hit hit record, the Country and Western, the Texas Hold'em. Um, mm-hmm. hold That's a whole nother thing. A lot of people may not like it, but back before we had social media, she may had to pay a serious budget to have a hit Country and Western song over Reba McIntyre when we only had radio and, and TV. Now you have social media. Now, this is just my opinion. I don't know everything. But now that we have social media and she has her fan base. They love everything about Beyonce because they can see her lifestyle. Right. Lifestyle is social media.
1: You know what's funny is uh, when I see somebody online promoting their song. So, like, now I feel like, let's say I record a song tomorrow. How do I get it out? Like, it's not like I can go find someone like you to help push it out and pay for ads and stuff. Like, it doesn't really work like that anymore. So, there's this uh, two girls in California. I forget the name of the band, Fly Fly the Boss or something Mm -hmm. like that. And they started doing these this they would take a, a, a verse of their or you know the hook of their song and they would run through like restaurants they had this really they hired this uh, really creative uh, cinematographer that really mm-hmm. kind of orchestrated this whole thing and they would run through different places and they would run you know doing their verses and they had it really it was perfect and then people started going like hey run through uh walmart next and so they would do that and they would do the same for, and it blew up and their song blew up and then Nicki minaj got on their song and i'm like that is how you do music today if you've got a song you got the the creative part is how do i promote it how do i get out there would you say is, is that sound
3: right what they did is they painted the lifestyle of what they were doing not what you were hearing right so the visual of them running through places and doing what they're doing is almost attached to the songs. I tell this story too. You know, I'm a Slim Thug fan. Mm-hmm. He don't make music that much anymore. When he do, it's cool. But what he started doing was painting his lifestyle, showing that the, the Boss Hog life, the Boss Hog real estate, showing him buying up his, um, his community, rebuilding, giving back. Then he showed you his line of classic cars, how he lived. So people creatively became a Slim Thug fan. He already had his music fan, and if he just dropped the song before he painted his lifestyle, I was like, okay, cool. I know he do music. What is, what have you done lately? You remember right. when VH1 had the show came out. What have they done lately? And they put the artists out this and they, they tell you the story. Well now we in a world that people want to see the lifestyle. And once he did that, if he, after millions of people were following him and 300,000, like his, his black car collection, once he find, finally put out a song, just ten percent of three hundred thousand well ten percent of one point three million that he has on his instagram just ten percent of that he sells a hundred thousand records in five minutes and probably another hundred thousand two hundred thousand stream it yep because he's they're attached to his lifestyle now right because they've been knowing he can do music so it's just it's just the way you move around maneuver uh how you want to do I'm not saying that you start making your life about a clown and put a red nose on and now you knew you this clown. Now, you wasn't a clown before you started it, so why would you want to be a clown? Because now you're going, everywhere you go, you got to wear this red nose. Right. That ain't what I mean.
1: <laughs> so if I was a kid right now, uh, 16 years old, I want to be in the music and I'm coming to you, what's the advice you would give them in 2024?
3: Uh, what, first of all, I need to find out, I need to sit down with this 16-year-old and hang out with them a little bit, see what it is that they like to do. You know, maybe they they skateboarders and maybe they, they into fashion, whatever it is they're in. We're going to start that part first. The music is second. Let's start this first. And the kid may look at, man, I like this song or this and that. Well, you might put that song out and that song may not do anything because you realize how many people are doing songs right now Mm -hmm. over yours. And if it don't go viral and somebody don't attach to it, you just wasted a perfectly good song. Not only that, now you wasted your mindset to believe that you this hard artist, and you may be this hard artist, but well, now you kill your your whole vision and your dreams because you're going to give up. You may give up. Right. So let's go back to where, where we're saying, let's say maybe you like, wait a minute, you got a pretty cool hairstyle. How do you do that? Oh, man, it takes me. I got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning because I got to be at school at 7, and I do this, that. That's it. Let's do a video of you doing your hair before school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, that's perfect. And then next thing you know, you do it so many times and people start tuning into it and you're doing your hair. And next thing you know, you put your clip of your song in in the background, put it on a little low. And after a while, now you got people looking at your hair, getting done. They're doing their hair. They're mimicking your hair. And next thing you know, you turn the song up loud, singing your song, doing your hair, because you got uh, 100,000 people attached to you now. Yep. And next thing you know, people start doing their hair, listening to your song on TikTok. Yep. But you start with what your personality is, what it is that you got going on for your lifestyle, and then you attach your music second.
1: Really is authenticity right. Trump's talent in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you got into what we'll, we'll kind of tease what you're doing now, and then we're going to definitely well, do a deep dive. I'm, I'm going to
3: go, I'm gonna deep in some. I, I know yeah, we're ahead, not talking ahead. politics, but I'm going to go somewhere else yeah. with this real quick. Kind of like social media, Donald Trump. <laughs> he, he gets his own shoe, his gold <laughs> shoe, <we> call <laughs> it the, the T1 or the Trump one. Yeah. That may not even show up. Right. <laughs> yeah. But what it did is just say, you know, I'm a sneakerhead. I'm 55 years old. Man, I got one closet designated with sneakers. I got a pair on powder blue bottom retro ones uh with a patent leathers right now. Yeah. I might put on the black suit and put on some some uh, uh uh Jordan 1s with the black suit. So to you know, the mighty dollar in the vote sometimes when it comes to the to to the minority is huge. So Trump is already dialing into he's got his coat following. He's already dialing into the to the what we call it back, you know, the Trump card. Right. Dialing into the minority culture by with the shoe. Now you got hip hop artists wearing a shoe and putting it out on TikTok and doing all of that. So he's getting ahead of the game before elections start.
1: No matter what you think about the guy, (laughs) their marketing team, they're pretty on point as far as what he's he's seventy
3: years old, so he's using social media. Just we're talking about social media. So Donald Trump using social media that's the reason why now twitter is x because donald trump when he was in the presidency when his last election he blew twitter up and yep. the things he was doing on twitter was getting people shut down here and there and <laughs> moving the wild, market moving the market so yeah. now it's x and they bought it out and he changed it to x not donald trump but i forget the guy who done elon it. musk he, elon yeah. musk the, the other billionaire
1: <laughs> yeah the, the other rich guy yeah so at some point Music, you started to change your, uh, I mean, you've, you're still into music. You still love music. Yeah. Uh, But at some point, you're like, hey, let me get into something else. Food. How did that transition take place?
3: Well, when, when we, in 2017, we had, me and my business partner had an opportunity to, to get in the strip club business. Okay. And. um
1: um. No one's given us that opportunity. You know, King of Diamonds. <laughs> yeah. It
3: was called King of Diamonds. Oh, that's was, right. Yeah. And we created King of Diamonds. And at the time, it didn't have a kitchen in it. So they said, man, we got to sell food. You can't have an a urban strip club without no food, man. People want food. So, okay, cool. So um, we invested in this little um, black trailer, $3,000, bought it from a guy from East Texas. He was using it for barbecue and he brought it up to us and we stationed it in the back of that club and started, had a small menu and started cooking um, food out of there. And at the time we weren't paying attention to people was lined up to five o'clock in the morning, buying the food. We was just trying to feed the patrons that was, Coming to the to the strip club, right? And it worked, and <laughs> and when it come from that point, we uh, end up losing the king of diamonds because of the, the we was leasing the building, so the landlord wanted to do something different. So we left there and got another club. Turned it into a
1: church now. Yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> got nuns there stripping now. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we end up buying another club called Pink Lounge. And we put the trailer behind the pink lounge and it did the same thing. And man, the people, it was so much traffic in that area on the weekends. So the HOA HOA over there. So they kept calling the city and <laughs> calling in on the city. Something's going on there. They're doing a bunch of legal. So the city came out there and, and inspected us in the middle of the night sometime. And they said, man, there's nothing. You guys running a tight ship. I don't know what they're talking about. So this, this was on the second time he came back by. They even sent, they even had some surveillance and we didn't even undercover surveillance to make sure that we wasn't even doing it. We was doing something wrong, but we was doing it right. And the last time they came out, pretty much was apologizing and went out the back door instead of the front door. And it was like, what is that? I said, oh, that's our food trailer. And at the time, I didn't know nothing about no permits and you had to have food permits. <laughs> he went in that trailer. He was in there like 30 minutes. Came back out and said, Shut it down. You can't run this. If I come back and, and, and come back over here, you we had, you know, it was wires hanging out of the roof <laughs> yeah, and protein, yeah, yeah. protein tanks hanging out the back. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody ever got killed in this thing. <laughs> 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 we just cooking good food out of there. We yeah. didn't care what it looked the customers didn't care what it looked like. It was good food coming out of there. Yeah. So uh we shut it down and our numbers declined. People stopped coming and it was like, Wow, we gotta do something. So I got with another local strip club. My girlfriend told me, she said, you know, um, um, DG's has a kitchen in there and they're talking about shutting it down. I was like, for real. So I wouldn't talk to the owner. I wouldn't talk to John Dumas. I said, Hey man, I, uh, I got a proposition for you. Let me sublease your kitchen. And he said, for what? And I said, I want to bring, um, and that, and you know, we had the breakfast brothers logo, but we still wasn't identifying breakfast Brothers." I said, you know, I got a small, a uh, menu that I sell food when we was at King of Diamonds. He said, oh, that was you And the pink line. He said, oh, yeah, let's do it. So we agreed and came up with a number. I said, I have to use your waitresses, you know, and I leased this kitchen and I staffed it and bought my own inventory. But in 2019 is when we did it. So we had to actually transform our identity. So we finally had to make <laughs> Breakfast Brothers a company. We had a menu with the logo on it, but never it never was a company. We was just selling food because I had to pay my taxes being a sub leasing it out there. So we created the company and started there, took off booming. People was coming to DG's, buying the food, The valet park company was upset at us because people was just coming in there, buying food. So we had to come up with a plan with the valet and come up with the plan with the front door at DG's because people was just coming in to buy the food and leaving. So we, I created a POS system back then, you know, now they all over the place where it had a handheld flex unit. We go outside, Valet had this little designated area for the Breakfast Brothers customers, and we take the card at the window and bring the food out. So, six months later, RCI called me. You know who RCI is? Mm-hmm. The Vice President, Ron, um, not Ron, um, Dean, with, they own Silver Cities. Oh, those XRC, guys. XRC, Rick's Cabaret's brand, Foxy's, Data, Data Strip Club, and Restaurant They own half
1: this property around yeah. the the building yeah, here. Yes, yeah. yes.
3: So, Man, I liked what you did with DG's. Um, and I was like, "Who is this?" He said, "It's Dean Randon." I said, "With who?" He said, "RCI." I said, "Who is RCI?" And he told me, "I I want to meet with you Friday. I I like what you've done with with the the model that you got going on. We we trying to get rid of our kitchens, and we 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 need something like you." I said, "Okay, where would you want to meet? Meet me at Rick's Cabaret, DFW, right there on 183. I said, "Okay, fine." Went over there, man. We I went want to you- Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. well it's actually really Fort the dress, but it's really Irving. Oh, I got you, got yeah. you. So, um, so he said we want the exact same thing. I need you to, you know, we're gonna start you at Cabbies. That's one of our urban clubs, and we need it. And we just hired a new GM, and we got started. I went over there, assessed it, and and, and then RCI, they got big commercial kitchens in their, um, in their, in their clubs. I mean, their kitchen is probably as big as your, your space here, uh, wow. not bigger. And I went in there, I said, yeah, man, set up POS systems and stocked it, inventory hired my staff. And 30 days later, we got started and increased them, their businesses by 30% in the first 30 days. Wow. Then he said, I want to do that. I'm going to give you all my Rick's Cabaret's brands. He gave me Rick's Cabaret in Abilene, San Antonio, Austin, and Dallas, and the Fort Worth one. So I was. Opened up the, the Fort Worth one, well, both Fort Worth, because the other Fort Worth is really in Fort Worth. Right. Another one is by, you know, in Irving, but it's Fort Worth Address. Opened those up, was booming. Started visiting the other cities and get ready to open them and staff them. Pandemic came in and shut it all down. I and
1: mean, that's where we'll stop and take a break, yeah. and then we'll get back, because okay. uh, the recovery from that is amazing. Yeah. So, all right, we're right back.
0: This is MZ Now. Online at mznow.tv
1: The stunts in this movie were performed by professionals. So for your safety and the protection of those around you, do not attempt any of the stunts you're about to see. I'm Michael Zavala and this is Riding a Scooter.
0: Anymore. You're listening to Michael Zavala. This is MZ Now. This is Kevin Costner, and I'm listening to Michael Zavala, or you're listening. This is MZ Now. Do you want you're listening to Michael Zavala? Online at MZNow.tv. Okay, all right. I'm Kevin Costner, and you're listening to Michael Zavala.
3: Baby. Hey. don't you know I wanna shoot,
1: baby. now Ricky you're a food guy uh would you try the new KFC cheesezer have you seen this
0: yeah I' seen it it looked disgusting.
1: Have you guys seen it? No. Uh, I just
0: saw what? it. No. Cheese.
2: I just saw it on online.
0: I is looked it, it up. Is it as bad as the uh oh it the Burger King cheeseburger that was nothing but cheese?
1: I don't think it's as bad. No, no, I'm, I'm willing I, to I kinda, try
2: it. I'm I, I think I want to try it. Oh God. KFC cheese. you said? I'm yeah. looking this yeah. thing up. It. Yeah, he's got a picture somewhere. It looks like chicken parmesan with pepperoni on it. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I'm good, man. You yeah.
1: wouldn't try that? No.
3: Nah, you know good. the thing about KFC, they they have they chicken don't even taste as good as it used to anymore. No, it Not doesn't. Close. So,
1: I feel like they're like out of all the chicken restaurants, they're like the bottom tier yeah, now. Yeah. It's more gimmicky than yeah. anything now. Mm-hmm. Uh let me see if I can pull this up on the screen. You the cheesa. I can eat that. I'd eat it. That's, that seems that's that 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 looks good. I'd eat more. But,
2: I mean, but why? mean, what is
1: this it? chicken parmesan? It's got everything I love on it. It's got cheese, got chicken, and it's got pepperoni.
3: If I want that, I go to Mo's Italian and get me a ch- yeah, chicken like, parmesan with spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know, man. What
1: would you rather do, Joey? Would you rather wear the Tesla costume, which by the way, the Tesla bot costume is at a seamstress? And I'm paying good money to have it uh, altered to fit a human male.
2: I don't understand <laughs> how you're going to have it altered to fit. Oh, shoot. I've it's already talked.
1: I walked into the first place I said uh, saw that says alterations. We have this. Te- so you know Tesla has a uh, a humanoid bot they're developing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we found a costume made in China that looks like that that a person can wear. And it's I thought a we three X three X great
0: part.
3: Do you, you have to 3X. charge it. You don't have to charge <laughs> it. It's just like a like a. You know, you know what I seen today? Leotard. That's you mentioned it. Tesla. We have a charging station in in Arlington at our Arlington location, and I actually seen the Tesla truck.
1: I thought, oh, the Cyber Truck. I, uh, yeah,
3: I thought that was a concept. I always seen it on the internet, but when I pulled up and I seen it, I was like, I got out and talked to the guy. He, I said, "Man, I always thought this was just a concept." He
1: said, "No, it's real." Did you kick it to make sure no, it went? i oh, man, down. I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's a guy on the internet, it's uh, he's huge. a streamer, his name's uh, Aiden Ross. He mm. bought one and then shot it up because it's supposed to be bulletproof. Yeah, and he shot it up, and he was hoping to get a Retweet or a follow back from Elon Musk, nothing happened. From it. <laughs> so now not. he's all depressed.
0: <laughs> but uh, wait, it's supposed to be bulletproof, yeah.
3: It, yeah,
1: is, it bulletproof. is, it
0: is. It, you,
3: it, when you see it, it looks like man, it, don't look like something that should be on the road. That's yeah, like so Robocop, it's future, yeah. 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 All right, yeah. Very. It's, it's, it's 20. Like I'll put it this way, it looks 30 25, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It really does.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but so I sent it over to, uh, a seamstress she's working on. So she's like busy working on like a wedding dress. Someone's Uh, like, you know, and I walk in with this Tesla bot costume and I said, ma'am, I don't know if you can do anything with this, but, uh, here's what we're trying to do. This is a three X in Asia and we're trying to make it just an extra large in America. Can you do that? And she looked at it. She goes, yeah, I think I could do something with it. So I'm picking it up on Thursday and then we'll start. You you hear, you
3: hear what I'm You hear what you're saying right now, Michael? What's that? You know, I've heard, it's just like I didn't see the uh, the concept car until today. I thought, it, I thought it was a concept. You're talking about a robot in China and this, this, and that. That need to be on your TikTok, man. Oh, people. that's what oh, we're doing. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, what it's for. Okay. The bit was, okay. we
1: were going to have him because he lost a bet that he wasn't a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's punishment. <laughs> He's got to wear this costume and, and do things around town. And we were going to film it. It was all content-based. Uh, but he he couldn't get past his waist. He's not a big guy, you know. So it's It's like all that
3: Hutchins barbecue. (laughs) I wish.
1: Uh, Uh. So I found a place. They're gonna take care of it, and then we're gonna have them do stuff in it. So what would you rather do? Wear the Tesla bot costume in public or eat a cheesa? Uh,
0: costume all day, man. See, all right, yeah. All that right. Just, that just looks gross. It does. That's why I said it looked disgusting. It doesn't look appeasing. I'd be mad at myself if I paid money for that.
3: <laughs> it looked like a dry chicken strip that's <laughs> overcooked. Right. Under the
1: <laughs> heat lamps. It looks yeah.
0: like something I made for myself when I was pretty uh, not in the right mind frame. Right, right. I was pulling stuff out of my fridge On drugs. You yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. throwing things together. <laughs> High and drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, so your business goes kaput mm-hmm. and because of the pandemic. So now what are you doing? Because now you're you're not really doing music at the time. You kind of left that a little bit.
3: Now, it was No music, no nothing going on. So, so I'm nothing. sitting at the house. And you still
1: got bills rolling in.
3: Yeah, I'm sitting at the house getting fat. And my girlfriend said, yeah, I'm going to start Instacarting. And I said, what's that? I didn't know what that was. So she said, where people, you know, I get this account. They give me a card. I can make about 1200 a week Instacarting. I'm getting somewhere too, Michael. And she say, I'm going to start. So she started it. And started going and, you know, doing it. And when I'm still sitting at the house and I was like, man, this is crazy. So one day I went with her. And I was like, wow. So you, this is really getting people's groceries, putting on their porch, taking a picture and sending them a text and you leave and you get paid. And that first week she made $1,200. Wow. So we sitting at home one evening, she said, you want some Chipotle? I said, everything's closed. Well, how are we going to get Chipotle? Well, Chipotle is open where we can get um, Uber Eats or DoorDash. And I'm so far out of the loop. I said, I heard a Uber Uber and, and and you can get in the car, but they deliver you restaurant food too. She said, Yeah. So we got the um we ordered it and it came like twenty minutes later. <clears throat> Sitting there eating and and then I sat back and I was like, Wow. She said, What's wrong? Is it nasty? I said, No. So I started researching Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, Postmates and all of those and seeing their increase of their their value in and, and I said man they increased 60 70% since the pandemic mhm then every in my my where I lived at at the time all I seen was amazon trucks you didn't see ups you didn't see fedex you didn't see nothing in the world shut down so I said man maybe if we get a food truck we can just pull up everywhere and let everybody know we got a food truck so I called my 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 partner and we bought a food truck and we um, got it ready and we started doing that. And by this time they was trying to figure out how to open up the um they they started letting the bar and restaurants open up. So it was it was 50 percent. So I said, hey. They giving permits for bar and restaurants to open up. So I called John and I called. Uh, RCI said, hey, you you guys got a restaurant. They're not going to let us open up. We don't have a restaurant. I said, yes, you do. You have Breakfast Brothers. So they got to thinking they called and got a permit for bar and restaurant. And that allowed us to open back up bar and restaurant. So once I I gave them that idea, we opened back up. The numbers wasn't that great. Because people wasn't, they still was at alert. They didn't want to come to entertainment clubs and sit in no girl's lap with right. no mask on because of the, the COVID was pretty tough Dan. So so we said, man, this is, this not working. Numbers was still slow. We had a food, we bought a food truck and people, we would pull up, but people still wasn't walking up to food trucks and doing none of that stuff. So in Arlington, um, business partner had, uh, he was in, he invested into a, a hair salon and she gave, us, gave him a call and said, Hey, it's a restaurant. And came open next right next door to me used to be a henderson's chicken y'all should come look at it he was out of the country and he called me and told me so i went and looked at it and i was like man this would be perfect it it was pretty in bad pretty bad shape so um called him i said yeah man let's do it it was a thousand square feet small spot and i said man we can do curb pickup uber each we can do all the third-party deliveries because man i researched that people are sitting at home and buying that that's Let's do it. And he said, okay, but we can't um, just open it up and put paint on the walls. Let's make this thing look, make, make this thing look good. Like a franchise. And he said, Hey man, you still got that number that, you know, prior years that we had got an architect's number and we thought he was expensive. So we didn't call him back. I said, yeah, yeah, I do. And I called him <clears throat> told him what we was trying to do. And he said, yeah, man, I would love to help y'all and, and do that. And gave us some prices. And I was like, man, that's a lot of money for some paper. But um, we went with Jones and Baker, um, architect firm, which is they pretty popular here in the town. They do a lot of great restaurants and a lot of he's done a lot of entertainment and nightclubs and stuff. And William Baker was one of the partners of Jones and Baker, and so we went with him and and open up the look the Arlington spot had eight tables, still have eight tables. Open that spot up, took off.
1: Wow! And this is what year? Twenty? This is twenty
3: twenty one. Wow. Okay. January 2021, we opened it up, came up with a design, and Breakfast Brothers was full pledge, and and man, it's it's been going ever since. And now you have multiple locations. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think that you were going to be in the restaurant business? Never thought, never thought that. And that was, you know, I I got the love for music, love for cars. Um, just the entrepreneur spirit entrepreneur spirit, to do this. And I cooked all my life. And my kids used to always tell me I need to open up a restaurant. I'm like, man, I'm not doing that. I cook enough at home. And, and I didn't tell you this, but prior to that, how I even came up with the CKB entertainment name is in 1995, my sister was killed in Oklahoma City bombing. Mm. So the, her the CKB is her initials. And we created the label in 1995 and we called it CKB Records then. And I had an artist named Teaspoon, which was a good friend of mine I grew up with, named Tony Briggs, and he was from Oklahoma City as well. And that's when we created it and started it from that point. So fast forwarding, I cooked, me and my wife, I had a group, raised seven kids. You know, four of them was my niece and nephews because after losing my mom, I took my sister's kids in and I raised seven kids. So, you know, our whole life was about consistent and cooking good food and my wife and I did big barbecues and then we did a big Thanksgiving fest, f- festival every year at our house. So my, I never went to culinary school cause when I got out of high school, I had enough of school. I didn't want to do college. I didn't want to do nothing. Mm-hmm. I just knew I wanted to start making money and school didn't have nothing to do with it. Right. <laughs> so, Unless you want to lose it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's where it came from. So the menu, the recipes, um, all came from me cooking things at home, making the seasonings at home, and and a lot of input from some of the staffing at the time that that worked with us and for us. My business partner, his family had a uh, a restaurant when he grew up in in, in Dallas area. So as our background, we didn't hire a chef or consultant to help us with our menu.
1: It's all all done by us. See, that's what I was gonna ask next was who who you know, who designed your menu, but you guys did.
3: Yeah, we did everything.
1: And you guys have I heard incredible chicken and waffles. Yep. And I'm a chicken and waffles connoisseur. My favorite to this day is Roscoe's chicken and waffles in LA. And I I've literally one time flew there to sign paperwork that could have been mailed to me or mm-hmm. whatever, but I flew there just so I could sign the paperwork and then go to Roscoe's, then fly back.
3: I'm gonna tell you what I what I did is everything that that is created, you know. If your palate is a is addicting addicted to something that you eat, you're gonna go back to it, mm-hmm. and you can every since I don't care if you was three years old, you're gonna keep going back to it. Hutchins Barbecue, we you know, yeah, we off off camera and off record, I keep going back to that, not to be funny or anything, but that that that's real. It. That's his real thing <laughs> yeah. to go back to. So once you once you have chicken and waffles, you know. Uh, Roscoe's is a California thing and people mm-hmm. in California have it. And everybody that been to breakfast brothers, that's from California say that this is the first time that they ever taste something extraordinary outside of Roscoe's. I'm going to have to stop by. Yeah. And, and the the key thing at the restaurants that we don't do, I have another concept, which is called breakfast brothers express in our food truck. Now the waffles there are exclusively, we deep fry them on the food truck, and we deep fry them at Breakfast Brothers mm. Express. So you can't get the deep fry one at the regular dining. Wow. We don't do a traditional breakfast. It's like everything that you you can get bacon, sausages, and pancakes and eggs everywhere. It's the bacon that I buy. It's the sausage that I buy. Even the mm-hmm. turkey sausage and turkey bacon. I, everything that 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 we put on our menu, we bought and sampled and taste before we did it to make sure. That, that it was addicting, even down to our mimosas. It's a certain champagne that I use to make the mimosa. Want you to want you to buy two or three mimosas before you leave the table.
1: And you, so now you have what four locations? You mm-hmm. just opened up a fourth one.
3: Well, the fourth one is a is our takeout spot. It's in Houston. It's Houston. Breakfast Brother Express. Okay,
1: I just am amazed at how quickly that you went from you know just a trailer in, in, in the backyard of a strip club mm-hmm. to now four restaurants and a food truck. A matter of what four years, something yep. like that. Yeah. And, and 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 uh, like for me, I feel like I'm persistent. You've known me for a long time. You've seen where we came from. Mm-hmm. You see where we are today, and we've grown. But uh, you know, it took a long time. I feel like because I'm I'm persistent, but I'm slow because I'm careful. I'm risk averse. Right. Not so much <clears> as, <throat> as I'm older. I, I don't. Uh, I enjoy the risk a little bit more because I know I can get myself out of it. Right. I think that comes with age, right? But you first off saw the opportunity, and then you went forward and got it done super fast and i wish i could be more like that so i learned so i'm watching your social media I'm like boy i wish i could be like this guy you know <laughs>
3: man the one thing is about it me and um chris which is my partner we're we both aggressive yeah um it's one thing to be aggressive but then it's another thing to be passive then it's another thing to be an emotional uh what they call um
1: emotional investor right or, yeah right. You, get, you get too nervous you pull stuff out right. And, yeah
3: right so and it's about You know, DJ Khaled made a song out of God's plan
2: Mm -hmm.
3: It's about God's plan. When you have a vid, when you have visions, those visions come from God. And when, when you, I put this way, when things look so difficult at times from whatever it is, I've done a lot of things and nothing really was hard, but this was so easy to when it becomes that easy, it's hard work, but it's still easy. And I get up seven days a week, like the first day of school. I love it. Yeah. But the one thing about th- this brand is different from cars and artists. When I, when I was customized cars, I was a salesperson. I can tell you what your car need to be look like. But if a installer, a wheel and tire guy, anybody get upset and quit, I couldn't build a car. Right. I have an ear for music, but I couldn't produce a record. I couldn't write a record. If an artist feel like he didn't want to do nothing, I show up late to meetings and show up late to a concert. I couldn't do nothing about it. I managed it. The difference with Breakfast Brothers, someone quit or I had to get ready a kitchen manager. I can get in the kitchen and cook everything on the menu.
1: You can do every job in that. Every job.
3: I can get in there and run a POS system. Yep. I can get in there and take something out. I can get in there and fix a review. I can get in there. The brand is a brand and I can do everything in that brand. And my business partner can, too. The difference is with that, Breakfast Brothers don't talk (laughs) back. It wears what I want to wear. I don't have to ask the DJ to play the jingle because I play it on my own TV show.
1: Right. Which we got to talk about. So now you have you got all this again in like four years. Right. So you Mm -hmm. get the restaurant chain. Now it's a chain Mm -hmm. and you get a TV show. What are you doing on the TV show?
3: The, the TV show consistent. It was first of all was um, to promote breakfast brothers. When we first got into a CW 33 interviewed me in 2017 and I delivered. That's back when they still was doing it. wasn't zoom. They call it, was it skyping? They yeah, was skyping, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, we delivered the food, and let them eat the food and they tasted the food. And they were eating the food live and trying to talk to me at the same time. And they were amazed by it. So the following week they sent a producer out with my publicist, And she wanted to meet me, so she ate there because she didn't get to get any of the food on the TV show. So she wanted to try the food. So that's the day she said, you know, we don't have no cook shows, and we'd like to talk to you about having a cook show. I said, "Uh, I would love to do it, but I don't know about if I want to cook live. But I would want to do it to promote Breakfast Brothers Food. So we started um, inviting guests and promoting the food and the first two shows i did cook and i had dd Dee Dee in the morning team the first show the second show i had derek james errol spence uh, manager and we was cooking and i just didn't like that vibe i wanted it didn't feel personal no, it didn't yeah. i wanted you know i knew how to cook and i knew that but talking at the same time so i wanted to t- create a talk show kind of like you know, at nighttime, Arsenio Hall, Jay Leno, and where we're sitting down and we're eating. If you want to eat with your fingers and pick your teeth and do I, I wanted to make it home, so it's more authentic that right. way too. And so what happened was I started seeing how so many people in Dallas area had so much talent. So I started creating, wanting to talk to people about their platform. And at the time, we was sitting, we want to sit down and eat breakfast, brothers. That you pick and you you eat. And we sit down and have a what we call at the sit down. We talk in the kitchen, standing up. Now I didn't change the whole concept, but now I do it at the restaurant and got a set, got it set up. So that's how it started us promoting the food. Now I promote each the each audience, uh, the, the the guests that, that I find and how I find the guests. It used to I used to have them pick the guests, but that wasn't organic to me either. Because I would sit down and talk to a guy I have nothing to know, didn't know nothing about. It became a yes and no type of interview. So I pulled the plug on that. So this is how I picked the guest for the show. I may been going to Hutchins Barbecue for 10 years. And one day, Mr. Hutchins, tell me what your co-host told me. Well, man, it's fourth generation. It was started by two grandfathers. And I was like, wait a minute i love to bring you on my show and talk about how, how, this, this, started, started. Yeah. how this started, how they started a foundation and generation. And granted, I've been going to there for 10 years eating and never thought about bringing them on the show because a conversation sparked Yep, is what made me bring them on the show. And that's how i bring the guests on the show period, wherever I'm at in Dallas and however I'm doing it. And it could be, you know, I ain't Keith Lee, but then it can be a restaurant that's kind of struggling. And I've been going there eating, too, and seeing that and brought them on the show.
1: And could you give them advice? Hey, when I yeah. went in, I noticed this. Right. So You're kind of doing a restaurant rescue in a right. sense, but right. also talking about them and their story.
3: Right. I've do, I've been doing it. I just got this last episode Um, I just did was Crown Barbecue. And his grandmother and mother started Crown Barbecue in the, the Grand Prairie area, a little community called Dowworth, 50 years His grandmother died and his mother died and the city was going to make that a landmark. But he was going through some struggles with the family about the about the inheritance and and they tore down. Mm. So he ended up opening up that barbecue spot called Crown Phase One, which his food is amazing. And granted, I've been going to eat at his restaurant for three years. And when I went in there a month ago and he started talking to me about it and it's real, he's got his family up and I've been seeing all those pictures, but I never asked. And I asked him a question. And he started talking to me about it. I was like, you know what? I want to bring you on my T V show. He 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 was in he was emotional. He's yeah. like he's still thanking me after it ran on TV the other day. So your show
1: runs on the CW?
3: CW thirty three in Dallas, okay. CW forty three in um Oklahoma City, CW thirty nine in Houston, Hulu Live and YouTube TV.
1: So uh Joe, you know what to do? To get us on TV, you're gonna have to dress up in the Tesla bot costume and go to down the street, right across the highway here. To WB thirty three or whatever it is now CW thirty three, and you're gonna to have to bring them some uh, bring them a cheesea,
3: <laughs> let them eat no, that live. No, you if we come to 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 the point, you know, um, you want to come on as a guest. I bring you on a guest because I know in a Tesla you, bot. I'm the, just Tesla, kidding. Yeah. We, <laughs> no. the thing is about it. You find what that niche is to 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 do that, and we're bringing on in it the airs it comes on every Saturday at ten thirty.
1: I just think it's so great how again all this stuff I, how far you've come since I've known you. And uh what you're what's the plan? Like what's what's next for you after I want, this?
3: We want to have the next plan is um now if you come to Breakfast Brothers we got uh plan B which is the interior all and plan A is the the renderings and, and the camp wisdom location. That's what every Breakfast Brothers is going to look like on the inside. Now we have an exterior look that we finna start building Breakfast Brothers. We want to have before twenty twenty five. We want to have five more. We're in talks with Little City, Little Am, um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma City, where I'm from. So we got developers now that we're talking with. Now, now we're going to start building Breakfast Brothers. We want to be able to help, um, be able to franchise Breakfast Brothers. Two stages. We have a Breakfast Brothers. You know, you have some people that's not don't have serious capital. So if the brick and mortar is not Enough for your pocket. Now we we got a partnership with Cloud Kitchen, which is a ghost kitchen. Mm. And that concept is called Breakfast Brothers Express. And Breakfast Brothers Express is all 30-party 30, 30 delivery, takeout. You can come in the lobby and order on the kiosk. And there's 60 other restaurants on the inside. And the 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 way we came up with the Breakfast Brothers Express is because the nightclub goers was pretty much was raised on the foundation of Breakfast Brothers. They get it through the night. And so we wanted to do early a.m.s and overnights for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So now you can get Breakfast Brothers. If you want to come in after the nightclub or a concert, at midnight we open up. You can come in and order on the kiosk and get it. If you don't feel like coming that day, you can can go home and get Uber Eats or DoorDash at 3 in the morning from Breakfast Brothers. Uh, So we created um, our catering department and our after-hour spot with Breakfast Brothers Express. That's awesome.
1: Well, uh, you know, I'm a TV star myself i don't know if you know this Did oh you yeah. know this i knew that you know about the, the steve harvey thing yeah okay well <laughs> if you didn't know i was going to tell you the whole yeah. story and how i broke my leg and all that stuff but uh i do know
3: how you broke your leg Used you the reason why they got rid of those scooters <laughs> <in deep yellow laughs> for a little yeah. while. i was an activist
1: <laughs> yeah uh so i've got uh a, a replica of my leg x-ray from oh, judge wow. steve harvey i'm going to sign this for you i'm okay. going to hang it into hanging in your, the, the prime breakfast uh, brother's location when when we get the when we actually build the brick and mortar I'm yeah gonna, put it in the and cement then, I'm gonna put it and in. then uh you know maybe the matter, matter of fact the
3: the once we've um once once city that we build it i'm gonna have a we still have the little black trailer so i'm gonna have a a, a memorial or what what would you call that when you well, I'm going to have a little uh, platform where it's going to have a gate around it and uh, <laughs> yeah. you'll be able to tour. You're right. Yeah, yeah. A, a little tour. tour. I'll, yeah.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll even take, have like a surgically remove a yeah. screw from the leg so yeah. you can put it up there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, we have these. I, I had these printed. and I forgot we had them. I'm like, oh, yeah, we have to. Oh, yeah. uh, I had to give yeah. it to Ricky. Uh, but uh, real quick, we're going to do um, some polls. And then uh, I want to talk about where people can find you on okay. your website or whatever. I don't know where I put my phone.
3: Yeah, I was laughing. Ble- I seen that on TV. I was like, wait a minute,
1: that's Michael <laughs> yeah. crashed that uh, scooter <laughs> downtown Dallas. You know what's crazy is we, we, uh, that, so we were supposed to do another show uh-huh. we we're supposed to fly out to LA to do it. Uh, and then that show fell apart. And then for about a year I was pitched by a producer like, Hey, do you want to do this show? Do you want to do this show? And I didn't want to do it cause it was, it just didn't feel right. Uh-huh. And then one day I get an email hey, do you want to do Judge Steve Harvey? And here's all the whatever. And I said, yes, of course. I would love to do yeah. that. So it's always a cool experience. Uh, and that's why all across the studio we have uh, Steve Harvey behind me. we have yeah, seen it. We got all the uh, pictures on the yeah. wall and on the hallway. So I definitely keep – I'll milk stuff until it's uh, – You're supposed to. <laughs> until it's – well, these guys hate it. Uh, all right, so this is basically what we do is we put out polls online and then we let uh, you know fans of the show uh, vote on it. And then you have to guess whether or not, you know, what the answer is. So I'll give you the, for example, the first one, this one. Are you excited about the new Fraser reboot uh, being renewed? It just got renewed for season two. The options were, yes, I can't wait. No, I don't care. Our people said no. 67% said, no, I don't care. So that's kind of how it works. (laughs) Okay, Uh, We don't have a whole lot. But uh, something we were talking about last week was Clark and I was in a discussion. Who was the, the legendary classic comedic duo? And the options were Abbott and Costello. Laurel and Hardy and Lewis and Martin. Who do you think won? Laurel and Hardy. All right. What do you think, Clark? I'm going to go Lewis and... Lewis and Clark? Yeah. Joey? Uh, uh,
2: A. <laughs> Spider? Yeah. Like
0: uh, yeah, I'm the same as Joey.
1: 64%. Abbott and Costello. I told you. Wow. Lauren Hardy came in second, yeah. 22%. And then Lewis and Martin, 14%. And next week, I interview uh, Chris Costello, Lou Costello's daughter. Uh, we actually did the interview last week, and uh, we'll release it next week, and it was Is really it on great. the calendar?
0: Joey, you, you hear what? It? It yeah, it's, on,
1: it's, on, it's on, on the, the calendar. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I heard. It, I got yeah. it. Uh, it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, uh, it was a great interview. I think it w- went like 30 minutes, and uh, we talked about her dad, and she's sending me something that's signed, and I'm going to hang it up somewhere around here, but... Uh, uh how do you say it tomato tomato (laughs) but it's all in writing so you can't (laughs) (laughs) you can't differentiate it and someone says i prefer tomato we won't go through the polls because 74 percent says tomato but i don't know if they're saying tomato or tomato uh should microsoft leave the console business yes it's over no they need to keep going or uh wtf cares keep
2: it going i say no clark I said no.
1: Oh yeah, what's your name, Joey? Yeah,
2: (laughs) that guy. Keep it going, man. Ricky. uh, Well,
3: I hadn't dealt with Microsoft because I'm so stuck on Apple. So (laughs) me too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Keep it going.
1: Forty five percent. No, they got to keep it going. Yeah. Twenty seven percent. Yes, it's over. Twenty eight percent. Who cares. And then, uh, yeah, the Yeezy pods we did last week. Did you buy any Yeezy pods? No, I never bought Yeezys. I only got it because uh, it was twenty bucks after that Super Bowl commercial, <laughs> and it's literally socks with <laughs> a rubber sole on it. So I'm like, how cool is that? You actually <laughs> got them? I haven't. They haven't come in yet. Twenty bucks? That's pretty cheap, though. Twenty bucks, seventeen dollars shipping. Oh wow! Yeah, so, <laughs> so he got you in the uh, shipping. Do they still make
0: Starberries? You remember those? Uh-huh. They are like five dollars mm-hmm. shoes. Five dollar shoes? Then was, was Steve? uh not like the jelly shoes.
3: No, 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 no it was no. Stefan Marbury. Stev- yeah, yeah, Stefan uh, Marbury shoes. they were like yeah. a nah.
2: Chinese shoes. Shoe no, company? it was tennis shoes. It was, it was uh, no, it was
0: his own shoe.
2: Yeah, real shoe company. You like, know
3: what uh, he did? Why he did that? Don't you He was trying to throw um, darts at Jordan, saying yeah. that Jordan was overpricing the culture out where they can't afford to buy them. So he came out with his uh, uh Wookie berries and thought he was gonna um he's gonna take uh, over the market, and it didn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so crazy to me, like, Jordans, uh, you know, I'm not a sneakerhead, but it's crazy to me that, uh, I mean, I, I've worked with people uh, that, you know, maybe were guys that changed wheels. They didn't make a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. but when those new Jordans dropped, they couldn't pay rent, but they sure did find That's a way right. to get those Jordans. And so,
3: There's two things in, in, in the neighborhoods now. A pair of Jordans and this. Yep. Apple iPhone. Yep. Those two things right there is must have. Yep, absolutely. You know, have you ever? I'm so bad with this phone. I can have my phone in my hand. I'm like, where's my damn
1: phone? <laughs> <laughs> I do that now
3: because <laughs>
1: it's just a part of you now. Yeah, you know, you're like, I know I got to some, I got to text somebody. It? Uh, all right, so where do we find out about Breakfast Brothers, your adventures, your new entrepreneur stuff? Where do we find that out? Uh, well,
3: yeah. first of all, I'm, I'm, I, I, I didn't tell you this, but I tell you, I'm actually a board member on Texas Restaurant Association now.
1: Oh wow, I'm congratulations! And
3: also, um, committee on the events committee and government affairs. And also board member Oaklift Chamber of Commerce um it's pretty interesting when you get in the um round table of these organizations to where it's been benefits your company and your business and sometimes we ignore those things but those things are uh accountable to to your business no matter what type of business you have the chambers they give you information that a lot of times is not um known by regular small business owners and At first, I didn't think that I wanted to be a part of those things, but it makes me, I said this in an interview the other day, it makes me feel a little important. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Because um, people know who you are and, and you get the benefits and you're able, my whole thing is to get the benefits for the Breakfast Brothers brand, but to also pay it forward to the people that didn't know anything about it, similar to me and my business partner in the beginning. The beginning stages is the hardest thing people don't, people that's in the restaurant business restaurant business is to me has been the hardest business that I've ever been in but it's been my most pleasant business that I love to do the most but um you know I, I got into a whole nother deal but breakfast brothers you can find everything about breakfast brothers on breakfastbrothers.com uh locations any events we got going on any um the tv show the food truck and here, locally in Dallas-Fort Worth, we're at um, thirty-seven zero four West Camp Wisdom, Dallas, Texas, in Arlington one thirty East Barton Road, Arlington, Texas. And we're right here in the Trinity Grove area, and that's Breakfast Brothers Express. That's at nine twenty one West Commerce Street, and the one in Houston is right in Third Ward, is near TSU and University of Houston. It's at twenty six sixteen Blodgett Street, in the Blodgett Food Hall.
1: One quick comment on you know the restaurant being so difficult. Isn't it the most, like they say it's the most failed business is the restaurant. Like the risk of failure is so high. I know
0: know in Dallas, at least, uh, like bars and restaurants, you're lucky to make it two, three years. and, And the reason why is because it's one thing working in your
3: business. But if you don't work on your business, you don't know nothing about food costs, labor costs, all those things that put you out of business. You're overstaffed you buying product and uh um, cost of goods and you already got it on the shelf it's just different thing you got bar and you got bartenders that don't know how to pour and they're wasting liquor and you got bartenders that's stealing from you that's taking tip money and giving people away free liquor so the inside and outside of you being an owner and having the right staff and having the right people working on the business is what keep you surviving
1: mhm yeah cuz I see those bar rescues or those uh, restaurant rehabs or whatever shows and they're going in they're like, do you even know how much this burger costs you to make? And the guy's like, I don't know. Right. Because he's too busy making it. Right. He's so. too busy
3: and back there making it. He's not paying attention to the cost. And even that, he's not paying attention to if it to if he's putting it in a to-go bag with right. with silverware, with, with ketchup, condiments. All that stuff is a cost. Mm-hmm. If you're giving it away for free, even if you hiding the condiment price in the cost of the, the burger basket, you have to put it in there. do dimes pennies turns into nickels and dimes and adds up and and, and when it adds up so many times and so many years you you're bleeding and now you have to shut down
1: uh one last piece of advice that you would give to an entrepreneur out there or somebody thinking about becoming an entrepreneur that somebody was maybe working in the auto industry right now and it's like hey I want to do this for myself I want to jump out and be my own boss what would you say
3: if you're ready to pay people however you set your scale to pay weekly two weeks bi-weekly however ready to pay 10 or 15 individuals to run your company and you never get paid that's when it's time that's when it's time if you if your mind is ready set for that because it it takes years for you to like me and my business partner we didn't finally get paid off of breakfast brother starting a little trailer in 2017 all the way up to January 2021 our first brick and mortar which was um uh, January 21, January 26, 2021, we didn't start getting paid until October 2022. So five years we were paying other people while we were still working at the business. Mm-hmm. So if you're ready to do that, no matter how long it takes you to apply yourself to make a salary or make profit off your business, if you're ready for that, then then
1: you're good. You're absolutely right. It took me years before I made a dime off of what we were That's doing. That's right. Years. Right. You show up because you love it. Yeah. I think that's really what it is, too. If you think yeah. if you're just chasing that dollar, yep. you got to be smart about that, too. But if you're just chasing the dollar, you're going to burn out really you're gonna
3: quick. You're going to burn out really
1: quick. Ricky, it's been a pleasure. I uh, I know it's weird to say this if we don't talk very often, but I always consider you like family because you Absolutely. were there in the beginning. And uh, I know I can, if, if I have a question about something, I can reach out. He's so quick to get back with you. I'm you know? never going to be to the point where
3: I'm not accessible to anybody, especially the people that help me grow and give me a platform is like, you know, I knew about the wreck and the, and the scooter and all the (laughs) stuff, because I still pay attention to you, Michael, just like I knew about Chris, Chris Sapphire and what he's doing. I pay attention to the people that I've been connected to over the years. I can tell you about anybody because, and the reason why I do do what I do when it comes to giving back and doing, doing, doing what we may be him was doing is because everybody starts somewhere. Everybody has a, has an opportunity and if they're given an opportunity by the people that they're looking up to or already have it or they think already have it, that gives them hope. Yep. But if I'm just this guy that blows up and become the person that gave people hope, now you can't ever get me on the phone. I was mm-hmm. just, I was a fraud.
1: Yeah. No, and like but, I said, I'd never forget the things that you did in the beginning. I'll never forget that for as long as I live. And yeah. so, you know, if you ever need anything from us, I'm there for you too, you know? Yeah, I know. You uh, always have been. So uh, it's just been it's been great to have you here. It's been great to catch up. And uh, it's got to be, uh, let's not go f- six years before right. seeing each other again. I'm going to go to a Breakfast Brothers All very right. soon. He was okay. a
0: little busy in that time. <laughs> Ricky was. Oh, yeah. Ricky was busy. <laughs> yeah, that's weren't. true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I was rehabbing from my uh, injury, yeah. <laughs> my my life-threatening injuries. But, Ricky, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having me.
0: This is MZ Now, online at mznow.tv. Like us on
1: Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mznow.